only 45 calories and it kind of it pretty well tastes like a soda would kind of a nice little uh nice little substitute if you will welcome back we're going to talk about the golf learning curve that's really all we do for the exception of when i go on a little side rant about stuff i may be seeing or observing my name is tim connor i'm the host of this podcast let's talk about golf let's dig in i thought today positions and motions are two things that are often talked about when it comes to learning golf. What to focus on, how to do it, how to get yourself to look like Tiger Woods or look like Rory McIlroy or look like Annika Sorenstam. Uh, often, and we'll see with articles and stuff, there's often a focus on the position of the club and positions in the golf swing and how those positions relate to results. And I think they're both applicable and practical for different reasons. And I just kind of want to go through that. So if we're talking about the evolution of a golfer, and all of this is based on my experience and what I have found to be the most productive way to go from A to B. Not everything's black and white, but some of this stuff is a little more black and white than others. So generically speaking, I think often the first thing you should be focused on is positions. We kind of want to focus on the macro and then narrow down to the micro. What I mean by that is macro, big picture, micro, uh, small picture, or closer to positional type work. Macro, motion, micro, positional type work. So the first thing we want to implement is we want to have good motions. We want to have good range of motion. We want to exercise full range of motion. We want to develop balance. All of these things are kind of broad strokes. Once you have an idea of what that is, and how to do it, then the micro becomes much more important or prominent. And uh, there's some ebb and flow here, right? Because if someone comes to me and they're a three handicap, their motion is kind of shit. The first thing I'm gonna fix is their motion. Now they're shooting good scores, but you can shoot good scores with some stuff going wrong. You can actually shoot good scores with quite a few things that might be off kilter. But you're going to have some things going for you. That's that's at the end of the day. And you're probably athletic or whatever. And no matter where you are, no matter where you get to, you will eventually hit a plateau. You know, maybe that plateau is on the tour. Maybe that plateau is at 100. Your skill set will bring you to somewhere. And then we want to figure out how to break through that somewhere. So three handicap comes to me and they're like, hey, I want to play better golf. Their motion's kind of shitty. Maybe they don't turn their hips enough. They don't turn their shoulders enough. They don't have a prominent weight shift. We work through those things. We develop those things. We create uh, systems so they understand where they want to be and what that feels like when they get there and then drills to help implement those kind of things and then we work to implement those kind of things. So generically speaking, golf is a game of motions more often than it is positions. But positions become important and increasingly important as you kind of whittle your way down the golf rabbit hole. Positions are, I would, I would say maybe five to 10% of my time teaching, but it becomes important. You'll see often with tour players, you see them working on positions. And I think that what we're observing here, with, particularly with tour players, is we're looking at the best players and they're working so hard just to get an ounce better. And often that ounce could come from maybe hitting better positions, having a better swing plane, having a better 
swing path having a club that's on plane more often. So, so much of what you should be focused on has to do with where do you sit in your learning curve or development. And then from that point, you can decide, do you need broad strokes or do you need small strokes? And then you can kind of whittle your way towards wherever it is you're trying to get to. Now, examples of positions I find that often will help people, and positions can lead to motions, by the way. This is where it's really gray. Positions can lead to motions. Motions can also lead to positions. It's not that one is mutually exclusive from the other. There's actually a lot of overlap. And that's why I think you'll see if you interviewed 100 different instructors, you may hear 50 of them focus more on motions, 50 of them focus more on positions, and 100 of them are successful golf coaches because you can do it more than one way. And that's kind of what makes this sport interesting. Um, but we're looking for the path of least resistance. We're looking for the path of least resistance is a good way to put it. And we're also looking to stack our information, our skills on top of one another. So when we do these things, we're not just, it's not a fleeting type of action. It's something that will lead to the next thing that will build on top of the skills that you've previously built. Positions I find that particularly tend to be helpful that develop motions as well is a takeaway. Uh, takeaways a really good position to practice. And one of the more popular ones we'll see practiced on tour because it really sets us up for what happens later. A couple good cues for your takeaway. We want our hips turned. We want our shoulders turned. We want everything kind of intact with our upper body, our arms. We don't want to change hardly any of our arm structure as we get to the takeaway position. And the takeaway position is as defined as when the club shaft is parallel to the ground. If you're watching this on YouTube, I will overlay some references so you get to see those. And uh, if you're just listening, a good takeaway is one in which we turn our body, we tilt our shoulders, and we don't really move our head. So it's common in the takeaway that if we measured the shoulders, the shoulders would be turned about 50 degrees, and the hips would be turned about half of that, 25, 30 degrees. I find really good cues is to kind of lock everything in with your upper body and start your swing with your right hip. I tell people that all the time. Let the hip start the swing rotation. Everything will follow the hip. Uh, turning your left shoulder down, keeping your club face angled down slightly, uh, not manipulating your club face from its takeaway from the start. As we get into a successful takeaway, nothing has really been manipulated from the beginning of our swing to the takeaway. And that's what creates simplicity, and simplicity is something that will last over the course of time. So takeaway is a good position to practice. The top of the backswing is a good, good thing to practice because at the top of the backswing, we can incorporate a full body turn. We can incorporate where is our weight shift? Where is our weight at? We can incorporate what are my wrists and our arms doing? Do, do they have good stability through that system or are they folded? Is my wrist flat or is it excessively cupped or do I have some weird shit going on with my wrists? All of that can be answered by practicing um, practicing the top of the backswing. Practicing impact. I have mixed feelings about it. I think it's important that you understand conceptually what a good impact is, where it is, how to get there. I don't see a lot of skill transfer from a person practicing impact to how they hit. I think it's just such a micro fraction of a second that happens. 
it's hard to replicate that when you introduce speed. Now, to substitute that, you could practice impact by chipping or pitching. These are really good ways to practice impact, practice shaft lean, practice straight arms, practice weight forward um, at a scaled down pace at which you could feel it. That's why I love chipping and pitching for that kind of thing. But for full swing practice, just practicing your impact hitting position, I don't find it to be super productive. Uh, or if it was, maybe you're exaggerating the things you wanted to feel, do, or accomplish at that stage. But on top of that, or I guess past that, is the uh, exit or when the club shaft is now parallel to the ground in the follow-through. I find that to be a really productive position to practice because it encourages strong impact. It encourages your body turning. It encourages your weight shift. And it's something that we can kind of cycle through and feel, and it leads to other things that are good. So your follow-through is actually really, really important. And there's a reason when we watch good players swing side-by-side, side, we could stack up their follow-throughs and their exit positions, and we would see a lot of similarities because although the ball is gone, and that would be like the traditional argument is like, oh, the ball's gone. What does it really matter? Well, it matters because... Uh, that kind of proficiency in those positions leads to better hitting. So the, it's true the ball is gone, but we're looking at what are the things or the commonalities that good players do and that will lead to better hitting. So we want that. Um, and I find the exit position a really good one for people to practice to help them rotate better through the hit, to help them create more shaft lean at impact, and to help them learn what it feels like to have a proper weight shift through the golf ball. I really like that. And then another position you can practice is your finish. Your finish position is so good to practice that I think you should probably be doing it while you're listening to this podcast. You should be in your living room working on your finish position because you can literally do it anywhere. And this is one of those things that I think is often overlooked. It's like you want to kind of be a master of the mundane in golf. You want to be good at the simple things because the simple things actually add up to the big things. Now, everybody that watches a good player hit the golf ball can observe that they are balanced, that their body is turned, that their weight is forward, that their rear toe is rolled up. They're, we're not hiding anything here. There's no mystery. There's no mystique. It's one of the simplest things to observe and practice. And I think that being a master of the mundane is really important. You want to practice positions like that because you are mastering the things that will help you create consistency over the course of time. A balanced finish position is a sign of a really solid player. If I was looking down the range and I watched one guy or gal stacked up holding their balance, sweet as could be watching their ball fly, I'm much more concerned about playing them in a tournament than I am the person who's swatting their golf ball and reaching for their next ball before their shot is finished. That's a really bad habit. And also that person's often out of balance. So hold your balance, analyze your shot, watch your shot, watch that high ball fly next to the hole. Kind of circle back what we talked about today. Motions are important. Motions are kind of big picture what we want to develop. Positions are important. There's an overlap of both. So if you're working on positions, you might improve your motions. If you're working on your motions, you might improve your positions. But generically speaking, motions tend to be more productive, especially for somebody who's earlier in their learning curve and is developing good habits. Positions tend to be more important for someone who's 
further down the road, they've already developed some good habits and they just want to kind of refine or hit the edges with some fine grit sandpaper. Both are important, both are applicable. What's more applicable is that you work hard, you have a plan, you plan your work, you work your plan, and you do a little bit every day in the name of better golf. Guys, that is the stuff that adds up. That's the secret sauce. A lot of this other stuff is fluff. That's the sauce. Go do the work. I will catch you back here, same time, same place next week, and uh, leave this thing a review. Share it with a friend. That stuff helps more than you know. You know how many shitty golfers are out there that struggle with a slice, that struggle with topping the golf ball? It's a real problem. And um, we, we're on a mission to help with that problem. So we'll catch you back for the next one.